Right, uh, my name is John Greenway. I'm uh, uh, one of the leaders here. I have a daytime job. I uh, uh, work as a management consultant. And uh, um, just want to, has anybody seen this program? Is it BBC? BBC is a program about um, genealogy. It's about your history. It's who do you think you are. And people, well-known people, come on to the program and they trace their, their heritage back and try and find out a bit about uh, who they, where they came from in terms of who uh, their descendants were. And there's some quite remarkable stories as people trace um, their, their heritage. And in some way, to try and find out about their identity. But there's lots of other ways in which we can find out about our identity. And today we're going to be talking a little bit about identity. And I want to kick off, uh, as we've described a little of where people come from, um, I'm just going to ask you a question, who do you think you are? And I would like you to start off the sentence, and I'll come around to different individuals, or we'll come out, and you just say, I am. Every sentence you say, I am. So... I'm going to start off with Chris. Have you got the, the so ask you, who do you think you are? And you say, I am. Who do you think you are? I am a dad. Who do you think you are? I'm a mixture of many cultures. Who do you think you are? I am a diplomat. Oh. Uh, who do you think you are? I'm a husband. In Italiano? Who do you think you are? A chef. Who do you think you are? A dad. Who do you think you are? A child of God. Okay. I knew somebody was going to say that. <laughs> Who do you think you are? Oh, it's hard to top that. I am a sister. Who do you think you are? I am an economist. Who do you think you are? I am a Christian. Okay. Who do you think you are? I am handsome. <laughs> <laughs> Here we are. Who do you think you are? I am um, Amory Lara. I thought she was going to say, I am married to Mr. Handsome. <laughs> uh, hang on, let's go around over here. Who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? I am part of a community. Oh. Oh. Who do you think you are? I am loved. Okay. Fantastic. Who do you think you are? A brilliant skier. <laughs> Did you hear that? I say that I. I am a brilliant skier. Wow. So we have brilliant skier, diplomats, all sorts of things. We reveal certain things about that we didn't know. For example, that Rogerio is handsome. but we now know it. We're now very clear. We didn't know Paul was a brilliant ski. Has anybody seen him ski? Okay. Uh, we didn't know you were, or some of us didn't know you were a diplomat. There's a whole range of things. We have revealed and disclosed certain things about ourselves. And we live in a time 
where there is a, a time of the cult of the individual where it's about me, it's about I. And uh, this is not new, but it certainly is true now. Uh, the whole thing of who I am. Just move on to the next slide. It's all about me. And the Bible, if we can move on to this next slide, okay. The Bible reminds us, uh, as we read through the Bible, in fact, as we sung about being in awe of God, the Bible, as we read the Bible, we realize that the Bible says that we need to be in awe of the Creator, not the created. We can admire Ruggiero's handsomeness, but we're not in awe of it. <laughs> and Marie may be in awe of it, but I am not. But the Bible reminds us that we need to be in awe of the Creator. We use this word awesome. That was an awesome cup of coffee. Sorry, my bad American accent. But we need to discover awe. We need to discover awe. And uh, when you look at the stars at night and you begin to think, wow, that's awesome. Just move on to the next slide, please. Teddy Roosevelt was the youngest ever uh, American president, and he lived at a place called Sagamore Hill, which was his home on Long Island. And I only just saw this quote, as some of you may have done uh, this week. Uh, and it says this. Uh, William Beebe, the naturalist, used to tell this story about Teddy Roosevelt, ex-president of the United States. At Sagamore Hill, after an evening of talk, the two would go out on the lawn and search the skies for a certain spot of star-like light near the lower left-hand corner of the great square of Pegasus. The square of Pegasus, four stars, a bit like a diamond, uh, near Cassiopeia. And Tezzy, then Tezzy, Teddy uh, Roosevelt would recite, at this little bit of light, just to the edge of the great square of Pegasus, he says, that is the spiral galaxy in Andromeda. It, has, it is as large as our Milky Way. It is one of a hundred million galaxies. It consists of one hundred billion suns, each larger than our sun. Then President of the United States, Roosevelt, would grin and say, now, I think we're small enough. Let's go to bed. Could you put the next slide up, please? <coughs> we should feel small in our vast universe. But it's even more important to be humble before the Creator. 
And the Bible is a story of the Creator God revealing and disclosing Himself to the world. The Bible has two parts, many books, but it's got two parts. First part is called the Old Testament, and it talks about God revealing Himself to a man called Abraham in what is modern day Iraq. And God speaking to Abraham and bringing him a promise. And Abraham beginning to understand something about the Creator God. And then the rest of the Bible follows on from there. And as God reveals more about who he is, as you revealed about yourselves. Could we move to the next slide? We're going to read, and Dave, I'm just going to ask in a second for you just to uh, do something for us. Uh, we're going to read one of the pivotal moments uh, in the Old Testament, in the Bible, when God revealed himself. Uh, this was after Abraham, and it was going to be a man called Moses. And Moses is one of the most influential people, one of the most influential leaders in the whole of human history. Uh, he was the one who received the Ten Commandments. He was the one who led the Jewish people out of Egypt. And uh, at that time, Moses, who was brought up in very privileged circumstance, had fallen down in life. Things had not gone well for Moses. Started off so well and have really fallen down. And he's just a shepherd now. He's got scrabbling around looking after his sheep in a desert. And in this desert, he came along and he had a most remarkable uh, experience. He saw a fire. Uh, somebody mentioned Corsica. There are fires in Corsica this year. Normally see fires, but they go out eventually. This bush that was on fire didn't go out. And he said, what's going on? So he got attracted to this bush and he goes over to this bush and he encounters God, see God. But he had an encounter with God and we're going to read this, and it's not going to be now, actually, David. I'm going to hold back on that. Um, and uh, I'll read this uh, particular one. And so this is from a book called Exodus. It says this. This is what happened. Then Moses said to God, if I come to the people of Israel and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they ask me, what's his name? What shall I say to them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. I am has sent me to you. Next slide, please. Moses has revealed to him something about God. And in our culture, names don't really matter that much. Um, but in other cultures, Nigerian cultures, and maybe Chinese cultures, certainly many other cultures, names mean an awful lot. In our culture, you know, Chardonnay could be the name. Or, or Beckham. You can just choose a name. It's just no meaning. But most cultures means a lot, your name. Names mean a lot. 
And the name of God is I am that I am. What does that mean? What is, hello, what's your name? I am that I am. Um, it means, number one, that God exists. Number two, it means that God is personal. He's not a force. He's not a power. He's personal. I am. He can reveal himself. As you said, I am. He says, I am. And he says, I am. Not handsome. He's not saying, I'm a diplomat or uh, I'm a mixture of many cultures. He says, I am that I am. I am always is. God always is. God is always present. God is always there and is always here. And God has always been is. Isn't that remarkable? We look at a universe that we stand in awe of. And we go, wow, that is awesome. And is beyond our imagination. But the one behind it, the creator, always is. Isn't that remarkable? And this God who always is, and who chooses to reveal himself to people and through the book and the stories of the Bible, then reveals himself in another way. And in this, as you go through this Bible, we see more and more revelation until a point when God reveals himself completely. As far as we as human beings can understand. And he reveals himself not to one of the most influential and important people in human history, but he reveals him through the most influential and most important person in all of history. And this person wasn't a shepherd. He also had a lowly job. He was a carpenter. Remarkably, he chooses to reveal himself through somebody of pretty low background. Should move to the next slide. And this Jesus... Um, is asked a question. Of course, we're talking about Jesus Christ. And we're asked a question, and somebody asks him a question. He said, who do you think you are? This is a question I asked you. Who do you think you are? And you told me who you think you are. And you know what Jesus said when he said, who do you think you are? You know what he said? He says, I tell you the truth. Jesus answered, before Abraham was born, I am. Isn't that remarkable? What's he saying? He means I have always been. I am always is. Most extraordinary. And what's more, you join up the dots. It's like Chris was saying. Jesus is saying, I am the perfect revelation of God. I am God. In human form. That's why we were singing what we were singing. Jesus joins up the dots. Why are all these people here from all these different nations? Why? Because Jesus. Jesus joins up the dots. 
And in your life, there may be all sorts of dots that are not connected. You know what? Jesus can join up those dots. Jesus can join up those dots, not just when things are going well, but when things are not going well. Jesus joins up the dots because I am. And he didn't just say this once, because for anybody, because when I say I am, you know what I mean. I mean, I'm not saying anything special. But when Jesus said I am, everybody knew what he was talking about. He knew, they were saying, this is I am that I am. Not I'm handsome or I'm a diplomat or I'm whatever. I can ski it. He's saying I am that I am. And he said that in lots of different ways. And in, in, in John's gospel, remember John's gospel, great gospel, great name. He said seven things. He said, in, he says, I'm the bread of life. I'm the essential of life. I'm the light of the world. You, when you come to England, if you come from abroad, you appreciate, you think, boy, I want light. When skies are grey, yeah? You, you, you come out of England, you think, boy, it's a bit grey around here. Uh, I tell you, you should go up to the northwest. It's even greyer there. <coughs> but you appreciate light. Do you want light in your life? I am the light of the world. Do you want light? Go to Jesus. I'm the gate. Sometimes I don't know where I'm going. I, I need to go through the door. I need to go through the next phase of my life. I am the gate, Jesus says. I don't know what I'm doing. I, I get lost. I'm a bit confused. I, I'm a bit lost in my life. I am the good shepherd. I heard this lady get up this morning talking about her aunt dying, dropping dead. You know what? I don't want to die. I don't know what's going to happen. Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. We're going to come on to this next one in a minute. I need a bit of joy in life. I need a bit of sparkle in life. I need life to be fulfilling. I need the wine of life. Jesus says, I am the true vine. We're going to read, uh, we're going to have read to us in a minute, David's going to put on um, a, an app. I, I've got this app by David Suchet. I, I'm a very enthusiastic follower of David Suchet, which I only discovered uh, literally a few weeks ago. It's an app. Uh, David Suchet is Poirot. Has anybody seen Poirot, the, the detective, the Belgian detective with the funny moustache, Agatha Christie? He, he's an actor who plays David, uh, who plays uh, Hercule Poirot. Uh, very famous uh, um, series and uh, David Suchet is the actor, very distinctive uh, and he became a, a Christian later on in life and he's read the whole Bible in perfect English uh, so that you can r listen to him read it and so on this app and I, I, I'm taking commission on this 19 pounds 99 you can get the app uh, and you can read the Bible on your phone because nowadays not only you know I pay for it, yes. I pay for it. No, not the 1999 one. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't, you don't pay 1999 and get it free. No, no, no. no. <coughs> and, <coughs> and you get it so you can read it and listen to him. Or go to Rebecca and get it free. Uh, <coughs> but most things in life aren't free. Um, so uh, I recommend if you want to read, it's a great way to read the Bible. If you find it difficult reading the Bible, it's a great way because he is read to you. Um, forget that for a second because he's going to hear him. Uh, but 
this, let me set the context. Jesus is with his friends. And the next day, he's going to be put on the cross and die. This is his last moment. Uh, and like Rachel's aunt who went, boom, didn't know. Jesus knew what was going to happen. He knew tomorrow I'm going to die on the cross. And he's trying to explain to his friends what was happening. If we go to the next slide. Uh, and so this is a conversation. And so these are some of the last words of Jesus to his disciples. Let's listen to David Suchier read this passage. day before you die, talking to your friends, I'm going to be leaving. And uh, as Rachel said, there is hope for life after death. Uh, I make no bones about it. The reason I became a Christian, I wanted hope life after death. I mean, I just heard about this deal. And I'm into deals. And I thought, this is a deal I can't ignore. The hope of eternal life. I can't ignore this deal. I'd be stupid to ignore this deal, and I'm not stupid. So I thought, I'm going for this deal. And I gave my life to Jesus. I make no bones about it. It sounds very selfish. But most of us come to Jesus for selfish reasons, and then he begins to turn us around. And here, Jesus then goes on and explains who he is. He, he reveals more about himself. He says, he says, I am the way and the truth and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. He doesn't say, uh, I'll show you the way. Uh, I'll show you the truth. I'll, I'll show you what life, how life should be lived. Everybody else says that's what they do. If you go to any other religion or any other guru of any sort, I'll show you this. You only need to do is do this. Jesus didn't say that. He said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. If I want to know the way, who do I go to? I go to Jesus. If I want to know the way, who do I go to? I go to Jesus. If I want to know life, who do I go to? I go to Jesus. We live in an amazing world, and we've just touched on that uh, a bit about um, Teddy Roosevelt explaining about the galaxies and, 
and, and amazing things. We live in the most amazing universe in the most amazing world. But you know what? We all know that it is broken. We all know that it is permanently broken. And we try as we will to improve it, it is broken. And we, can Im- we should seek to improve it. We should seek to improve it. We should, oh, it's broken now, I'm not going to bother. No, we should seek to improve it. But you know what? It's bust. I'm still going to work at it, and we should. But it is bust. Why is it bust? What is wrong with the world? Many years ago, that uh, sentence, uh, that question was put, another question, what is wrong with the world? And purportedly, a, a, a very fam- another very famous author called G.K. Chesterton wrote to the Times of London, and if we see what he said, he wrote to this question, he said, Dear Sir, regarding your article, What's Wrong with the World? I am. Yours truly, G.K. Chesterton. Normally, What's r- if, I, if we ask, if you do a survey, what's wrong with the world? I tell you, nobody will say that. It's the politicians. It's them over there. It's those people over there. And we point away because what's wrong with the world is somebody else's fault. And G.K. Chesterton said, no, I'm wrong. And what's wrong with the world is I am. It's a different I am. This time it means me. And why are we the problem? Because we are disconnected with the creator. Because we're not in relationship. A marriage that goes wrong where there's divorce, the relationship is bust. And the problem with the world, we are divorced from the creator. That's what's wrong with the world. We are divorced from the creator. It's gone wrong. And try as you may, you can't put it right. 24 hours later, after the, uh, Jesus saying to his friends, I am the way, the truth, and the life, Jesus died on the cross. And unbelievably, this amazingly awful thing, this is actually the most outrageous good news. You think, well, what? You know, t- 33 years old. They all die young, the good ones. No, this is I am that I am who died on the cross for our benefit. The outrageous good news is that God, our Maker, who is personal and wants to be in relation with every single person on this planet, from every nation on this planet, including everybody in this room, God, our Maker, is personal, wants to be in relationship with us, and we have to say, I've messed up. And God sends his son Jesus and reveals himself perfectly that Jesus not just brings the message, but is the message. He is the one who dies. I don't, we don't listen to his message. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. And God loves you so much that he accepts you just as you are. He's not saying, I'd like you to improve. No, no, if you're going to come to me, I want you to do something. You need to smarten up. You need to get a bit more handsome like Ruggiero. 
You need to improve yourself. You need to be a better skier. You need to be better in some No. You don't go on a self-improvement course to God because it's useless. He accepts us. He loves us so much that he accepts us as we are, just exactly as we are. But he loves us too much to leave us where we are. And he loves us too much to leave us where we are. He sent his son to die on the cross in our place because of our sin, our wrongdoing. And he took it on himself that we can be free in relationship to him. That's awesome. That is awesome. That is beyond our understanding. How do we respond to that? How do you respond to that? Because it's not one, well, you know what? We've already heard one response uh, that uh, Rachel mentioned. She said, delay. One of the things best, well, I'll delay. That's a darn good point you make, John. I'll do something about that. Well, can I just take Rachel's point? Don't delay. Never let us delay in responding to God. Never let us say, I'll sort that, I'll put that in my diary, or we'll discuss that. The best thing to do is to go to the one. God is personal. God is here, and I can speak to God. I am that I am, the one who always is. He is here. He's not there, he's here. And I can go and immediately say, Lord, I want, I want you. Because that's what being a Christian is. is people who know they need the way, the truth, and the life. Let's, could we stand, please? And uh, we've got lovely, delightful noise, the kids in the background, and the normal stuff of life. And in the normal stuff of life, it doesn't matter. You don't have to have perfect silence. Life doesn't have to be going on. Pots and pans can be going on. Kids can be coming about. We don't have to say, oh, I need to go and find space to meet with God. No, God is in the hospital. Yeah? God is in our situation. God is with us right now. And let's respond to God. And you may just want to say your own prayer. I'm not going to give you a prayer to, to say at this stage. Just Let's just momentarily just be quiet uh, with a lovely noise in the background. Just respond however you want to respond to God. Just say it quietly or in your own heart.